Kanye West is back. He has a new album. It's called Jesus is King. And there's a lot of people talking about it. There's a lot of people that like it. There's a lot of people that don't like it. There's a lot of people that like the references. There's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of cultural impact with this album. So we're going to impact all of it and break it down and give our review. And then we're going to juxtapose Jesus is King with a movie called The Witch. It's a pretty good horror movie. And since it's Halloween time, we're going to get into the spirit of Halloween. But we're also going to break down the movie and talk about why we feel that movie is important. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it, Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to Twitter. Follow us at Hanging With Apes. You could go on over to our website. That's HangingWithApes.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. Truly is the best. Man. The Witch. Motherfuckers don't know about it. And Jesus is king. Oh, man. So, it came out, and it's crazy because with Kanye West, you can never, like, listen to the album and then, like, right away give your opinion, I feel, because it's, like, some new shit. And I and, and what I mean by new stuff, it's like it's like foreign to the years almost. Yes. And I'm not the only one that has said that in our circle. Even Ernie was saying that. He's like, yeah, like the first time I hear Kanye, it's like, this is, it doesn't, you it's like some new stuff. almost don't like it at first. It's yeah. It's almost like, hmm, how can, it's almost like if you've been eating McDonald's or Burger King, White Castle your whole life, and it's good, you rock with it. But then you try filet mignon and you're like, hmm, yeah, do I like this? And then so you have another little piece and you're like, I do like this. And then you have another little piece and you're like, this is great. In fact, this is better than anything that I've been having. I'm just not familiar with it. Yeah. That's what Kanye's music is. It, it grows on you. And you realize how like how could this be? You know what I'm saying? It's it's very interesting. The process definitely grows on you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I had went to a listening party about last month, I want to say, and he changed up a lot of the stuff. So a lot of the the layout of the album was pretty much the same as far well not the layout of the album. Let me retract that. A lot of the songs were the same. The lyrics were totally different. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think he in Sela he curses in the original one. Interesting. And I, and then he's like, "Well, no, I don't want to curse on this. This is I want this to be like really just like a gospel." Yeah, there's Christian no album. profanity on the album at all. Nope. So so he changed up the lyrics, and it works. Like it, it, but it was just I wasn't expecting it, and I think that throughout the process he wanted to stay true to what he. 
you know, to 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 the title, which is Jesus is King. I don't, I don't think he felt it was necessary. And and you know, when when you think about church, when you think about faith, really, it's kind of like more than just you in the room. You're always either you know you're no matter what your faith is, whether it's in a church or in a mosque or anywhere, it's always like with family. And it's always kind of like uh, more innocent, for lack of a better word. Wholesome. Yeah, community. wholesome. So so I feel that he made the right decision, if that's the route that he wanted to go and stay true to that. And, and, yeah, and, and to that hurt. realm of yeah. doing things. I, yeah, definitely. And leave it to Kanye to, to make it cool. Something like that, like like faith, because I think one thing we were when we first heard it, um, which naturally listening to his last project, his final project before he did this one was "Kids See Ghost," and you made up a very valid point. Sonically, "Kids See Ghost" was like, what? This is crazy! Like I haven't heard this. Yeah. You know, this is different. Whereas this one was a little bit more traditional, uh, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mixing wasn't that complex. The I, instrumentation wasn't super complex, like Kids See Ghost. Yeah. And even comparing, like, uh, Use This Gospel with, uh, uh, there's a song on my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I think it's the outro. Lost in the World. I thought Lost in the World was mixed in a way, was 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 a track that's similar sonically mm-hmm. to use this gospel, but like mixed a little bit more. Whereas I feel this album was more so like everything he was saying was more so coming from the heart, yeah, and emotion based. And um, I liked it. And and the thing is, again, listening to it is like, well, you listen to it, and it's short; it's twenty seven minutes. Which is pretty short comparing it to to his last solo album, which was Yay. That was like twenty five or twenty four minutes or something like that. Yeah. So this is not that much. This is basically the same the same length as Yay. So having listened to it right away, I was like, okay. Well, let me take some time off. I listened to it again, and again it starts growing. One thing I told you was I, I felt that he wasn't very edgy, but I feel that. Thinking, well, when you initially hear something, you know, you're listening to it, you're not really, you don't, you're not really going off of what people are saying or, you know, you don't really care. You want to hear the material and you want to, you know, enjoy it for what it is, the art that it is. So once you get back, you're like, oh, wow, damn, I wonder what people on Twitter are saying, what, what people on Instagram, what articles they're writing. And it was very divisive, a lot more divisive than I than I uh, anticipated it being like people were divided. People were like, oh, questions arose. And yeah. and a lot of those questions were like, well, is it right for Kanye to profit out of an album like this where it's like about his faith? Um, We've it, yeah. recently had a debate with some people about that topic like the topic of mega churches and pastors and preachers that are also businessmen and entrepreneurs that make a profit off of what they do. 
I don't have a problem with it. Like, I really don't see anything wrong with it. But there are a lot of people out there that do have a problem with it. And typically what their problem is based in or based off of and rooted in is like, oh, well, the the, the Bible says you're supposed to be a man of the cloth, this and that. But the Bible says a lot of things that most of us don't do. Yeah. So like, so why are, why does this person have to adhere so strongly to that one particular verse or or saying in the Bible? When at the end of the day, like, how strongly do you adhere to the shit that's in there? You know what I'm saying? That's number one. Number two, I feel like it's a very unrealistic way of going about things in the sense that, okay. You're doing something good for the world. You're doing something good for the community, your parish, your audience, however you want to phrase it. And how that gets incentivized is by the profits that you reap from it so that you can continue doing it. You're not going to do anything that's not rewarding. You know what I'm saying? Especially on a, mm-hmm. on a grand level like that. Yeah. Where these people, they got church every Sunday and like there's a big production and everything like that. Like a lot of time, effort and work goes into that. And if a person turns a profit from it, especially if what they're doing isn't bad and, and they are helping people, I don't see where the where the problem comes in. I don't either. And um, I do feel that it is a cop out when people have critiqued or criticized them. Saying that, well, now he's using religion to to make a profit because he needs it because he needs to he needs it. Well, no, Kanye's Kanye. Kanye's gonna sell. Kanye's never sold like Drake or Eminem or anything like that. But Kanye sells. Like Kanye didn't need and, to make and, a. And not only that, like Christian album. I mean, Kanye has the Yeezy brand. I'm pretty sure. Music is what he makes from music is chump change compared to that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I'm pretty sure like he's not even looking at like how how much money this is bringing in at this point because I mean these guys make money from their other ventures. They don't like their money is not made from the music for the most part by and large. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean he's he's a made man. Uh, he doesn't need to sell anything. He doesn't need religion to sell anything. He's Yeezys have been Yeezys, you know? So I completely agree. Um, and then I also disagree with, there was an article that was saying this is a man who who's, doesn't have any more innovative ideas when it comes to music. So in turn, switched to religion because it's controversial. And I still... I, I don't I just don't see it. There wasn't nothing controversial about the album besides the fact that well, it's a Christian gospel album in twenty nineteen, which well, that in and of itself is kind yeah, of controversial. Yeah, no, and that kind of coincides with what you said originally. Originally you had said that there's you didn't find anything edgy about the album, but then upon second thought, you said, Well, when you think about it in today's day and age, the whole concept is edgy. Yeah. And 
I would have to agree with that. The whole concept is edgy and the whole concept is very interesting. For instance, if you saw the Big Boy interview, which Kanye is notorious for doing, and, and he has already proven that he's a master of being able to do it no matter what the subject is, he can, at, at the drop of a hat, cause controversy. And in the Big Boy interview, he caused a lot of controversy based off a lot of things that he said, one of which was that he asked people that were working on the album, a request he made of them was not to engage in premarital sex. Did you hear that? Yes. Yeah. What was funny to me is NBC, if I'm not mistaken, or some sort of NBC outlet on Snapchat, you know how they have the little news outlets? had a thumbnail and it said Kanye makes this bizarre or no, no Kanye makes a weird request. And then I clicked it. And of course it was, it was about that. So let's think about that for a second before culturally speaking, pre like not engaging in premarital sex was like the norm. Like people, that's why like marriage became such a thing because People felt like they couldn't get busy unless they were married. Yeah. So now he says this, and there are people out there that still believe in that. And when he says it, oh, like NBC, it's weird. That's what a weird thing. What a weird request. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and, and I think that in and of itself is kind of so the awesomeness of Kanye that he's able to sort of bring that back to the limelight and ask, well, why is it weird? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is that weird? Like, yeah, is it unorthodox? Is it is it not the norm? But why is that weird? It's weird because it isn't the norm. And it's weird because people are doing things a certain way. But also at the same time, and people doing things a certain way, and this album being directed a certain way, it does sort of beg to question, what things are we doing wrong that it's you it makes you think okay well this person has like all these blessings you know what i'm saying the 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 family like 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 pretty much a life that like like almost like most people would own can only dream of yeah and then he's telling you well yeah like you know what i'm saying y'all are all here fucked up you know you're doing things all fucked up and he really does delve into things that we've talked about on the show but we 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 talked about it f from a philosophical perspective and he's really doing the same thing there's not a lot like there's a lot of spirituality on the album but it's not like a super religious album i would say that it's more philosophical than anything where he talks about like raising your daughters right protect them from certain things because the motherfucker like lives in hollywood he sees on a day-to-day -day basis like I'm sure a bunch of women who weren't raised right and like are going down a very bad path. And and so when you see all of this, mm -hmm. how can you not help but be like, damn, like only God can save us. Like only God can get us out of this shit. Yeah. Not only that, but like um, that song that you're talking about, which was uh, Close on Sundays, which it it made headlines just because it's closed on Sundays. You're my Chick Fil A, so it's so. referencing Chick Fil A, which already like everybody knows 
the controversy that surrounds Chick-fil-A, like, you know, the 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 founder of Chick-fil-A n- not being pro-gay marriage. Yeah, which is funny because in the interview he, he talked about how he's like, well, first of all, and I remember this because he was in, yeah, he was actually the first rapper to say something like that when it came to gay people. He's like, oh, my cousin was gay. When he, well, my cousin is gay, and and ever since I found out, I realized, like, damn, like, that's crazy. All this time, like, I was talking shit, and then now it it kind of hit home, and we shouldn't be so judgmental in the sense of like, oh well, fuck, dude, I don't fuck with him. You know, you should try and understand it during a time in hip hop where that wasn't cool. Not this wasn't when Macklemore was making songs, right? This was like his second album or first album in. And uh, it's true. And he said that when he made that song about Chick-fil-A, the LGBTQ community started, you know, they were upset about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's so weird how you just forget what I said before. It's like, you want to remember what you want to remember. Yeah. You know, you want to remember me wearing the Make America Great Again hat, but you don't remember when I said that stuff about Bush. So it's like people have selective, you know, hearing or or just conveniently forget, you know, I speak what I feel. And and that is one thing about Kanye that you can't take away from him is whether he's wrong, whether he's right, is he does speak from the heart. And sometimes when you speak from the heart, it's kind of like it's it's rough to an extent because you're speaking what you feel. And isn't that very honest? Sometimes when you're very honest, you know, who, who's very honest? Little kids. How, how many times have you heard little kids say offensive things? Mom, why does well, he look I, like I, that? I mean, I don't know if I would say offensive. Like, I, I don't, like, particularly believe in that word. So, but I, I would see, I see what you're going for. Like, stuff that's, like, rough around the edges. But, but just the fact, yeah, and, and you're right. Just the fact that I'm saying offensive, that's something adults think of because they filter themselves. Yeah. Kids don't have that. Kanye doesn't have that. And, 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 uh. And actually, we're pretty controversial when we talk, like with, with amongst our friends, and I feel like that's uh, and a, on a good the thing. and on the show. Yeah, like, well, yeah, like on the show, of course. But but like, see, a lot of people would probably mistake that saying, "Oh, well, you, on the show, you kind of have to because well, no, this is who we are." Like, you could take the mics away. Oh yeah, and like this is just who we are. So like, we'll say controversial things. And it's not so much to be controversial. We're just saying because no, that's we're what not we shock feel. jocks. Like it's it's this is like what what we believe. You know what I'm saying? We we'll yeah. say what we believe. But the the thing is also, and that's the thing why the great like why Kanye is great is like it's not saying things for the sake of saying it. It's saying things because you can actually like back it up or substantiate why you believe what you believe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's one thing. It's one thing for a motherfucker to be like, oh, build the wall. Like, and then they can't substantiate that shit. Well, yeah, you're just, you're just ignorant. But then if a person could say build the wall, but then substantiate why a wall should be built. Yeah. That's two totally different things. Yeah. And what we gathered, or at least what I gathered from Kanye West, culturally speaking, from this album and the two interviews surrounding it is that he knows what the fuck he's talking about. This is not just, oh, I gave my life to Christ. No, this is 
I see that there are powers that be that want to destroy the family unit. Like that, he was talking about that on the Big Boy interview. Yeah. I see that there are powers that be that like push for Plan B and push for abortion and push for all these things because they don't want our our people unified and strong and push for social services and welfare so that like the 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 man can be out of the house and the woman can rely on the government and right therefore destroying the unity of the uh, of the family that has ravaged the black community like you know it has ravaged other communities but but the black community has been ravaged by that shit and this dude seen it all the time and growing up in chicago and it's just like damn like you always just you never give that shit a second thought and then you look at it so what is how do you counteract that what is the antithesis to that family well what keeps families together what keeps communities together for the longest time it has been god for the longest time it has been religion it has been church yeah they go to get people go together they meet together like they there's there you find your your brethren if you will and then what he says that go coincides with that not only is it cultural and political but also it's sort of a critique of all the shit that's accepted for instance he's like you know everybody's so concerned with pulling up in a foreign and fucking somebody's bitch and like you know like what you got on he's like but meanwhile he's like what do you own you don't yeah. own anything. You don't even own your bitch. He's like, right. He's like, and he talks about like Instagram, which we've covered million, like who knows how many times we've covered, we've covered like the whole like Instagram thing with women and everything like that. And the selfie culture and all of that like that. He's like, she, she, you know who he's like, your girl's not your girl. Your girl's the Graham's girl. Yeah. The Graham has your girl. And he's saying all of this stuff. And so it's it's very interesting to me how all of that is he has managed to interlace all of that with his spirituality and that's why spirituality and having a philosophy in life is very key i saw this post the other day and like it made so many things click to me i saw this post i can't even remember where i saw it but i found it very interesting at the top, you see a kid. It's like this chubby white kid on on the couch, and he has like all these video games around him and all these toys and everything like that. And then on the bottom, you see uh, a black father and a black son, and like the 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 father is like down to the son's level, and they're talking. And the caption for the white chubby kid with all the 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 material shit around him is. Stop trying so much to buy your kids what you never had and start. And then at the bottom, it says, and start trying to teach them what you were never taught. Yeah. And that right there made so much sense to me because I always heard this, this saying from like, like you hear it a lot in, in like the parents of nowadays, like the, Oh, I just want to like give my kids the life I never had. I hear it like from people like that we work with all the time. Should I had a great and, life? And like and like I look at it and then I'm like, what what is it about that statement that I don't rock with? There was just something intrinsically about it that I always, but I could never put my finger on it. So I never, I would never 
I'm the type of dude that if I oppose something, like I have to have a counter argument. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a, a solid counter argument, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. So there was something about it that I couldn't rock with. But since I could never put my finger on it, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But that's what it was right there. Yeah. It's just like, isn't it? Like, is that really important, though? And then I and I see and hear, like, what Kanye is doing with this album, and it very much is about not not even so much about like giving your life to Christ or Jesus is King or God is everything, but it's more about his faith. What is the faith and the philosophy that is driving your life, and how much of that is really? spilling over onto your family that's what like the main idea of this is how much of your faith and philosophy is spilling over onto your family where it's going to benefit them forget the material forget the cars forget all of that stuff because at the end of the day it really doesn't mean anything and it's not going to help them much it could help them temporarily but what is it that that that's driving you that can help drive them yeah well, you, did you see him on Jimmy Kimmel? No. It, it goes along very well with what you're saying because, uh, and it was really weird because. Well, you know, I'd be riding these wavelengths. Right. right? <laughs> um, yeah, hell yeah. And um, so so he's talking, and, and it was weird because the day before I was talking to like this, he was like about 20, 22, something like that. He was talking about this Gucci belt that he had bought, and I had asked him, well, how much did it cost? A 22-year-old person? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he said that he bought a $1,000 Gucci belt. He did that. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I looked at him, and, like, obviously, initially, I wanted to call him an idiot. Um, and I got to that point, but I broke it down. I was like, oh, wow, $1,000. I was like, man. You know, and then I started breaking down financially, like, what he should be doing and how, how, how like, those, these are the things that sometimes you're not taught, but once you know, you should do. And then once I broke all of that down and told him, well, you know, this, you could have saved this, you could have done this, you could have started a, you know, a savings account, done this, this, and this. But instead you spend it on, 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 on a thousand dollar belt. Now, don't you think that's kind of like stupid? And then like, after I had broken it down, see, see, if you just call someone stupid or dumb, they're going to take that as like, oh, well, this guy doesn't understand. But once you've broken it down and to to a T and why this is not good and why there were so many better options at 22 to maybe start a savings or start a Roth or 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 you know spend that and get a CDL you know yeah. or something you know or get get in a trade you know buy your way into a trade by 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 uh, taking a class you could have done a lot more with a thousand dollars and maybe bought yourself you know, two of those belts. And it mean nothing because like you just had the money because you made the right decisions. And so the next day pops off. Uh, cause it was a, it, no, actually it was two days popped off. Cause it's Wednesday. So Friday when the album came out, I guess he came out on Jimmy Kimmel and, and he, you know how he dresses, he dresses kind of like, just like sweaters and, mm-hmm. and like jeans, very mm-hmm. regular in his shoes. So then he started talking about that. It was so weird because he said, yeah, you know, people are, they care so much about like what they wear and all this. And say, like, I have a $30 hoodie on. So I have a $30 hoodie on. So I'm, I'm worried about creating and this, this and that. And, um, and, and it struck a chord because all this time he's creating Yeezys. He's doing albums. He's doing this. 
never once, not even in the Met Gala, have I have I seen him like spaz out ever since he started kind of having this business acumen. Yeah, like with the with the shoes, he was a lot more like that before when he was younger. Yeah, the whole high fashion. Yeah, thing. and and it's like uh, he had like a Dickies on, like yeah. a Dickies outfit at the Met Gala. Ever since he's he he he's kind of looked at the world more like, well, let me create and let me just kind of. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, though, all those cats are like that. Look at what Zuckerberg wears. Look what Tim Cook wears. Look at what Steve Jobs wore. They're all they they're all like that. And out of the people with money that we've come across in real life. How the fuck do they dress? Like they don't, they don't dress like that. You know what I'm saying? They're not like super high fashion. Like don't get me wrong, with Kanye, he does know about fashion. Like he knows when something's fashionable or not. But like he doesn't live his life by that. Yeah. Like he doesn't like that's not like his end all be all. Yeah. One hundred percent. But but that but you gotta understand like these these are different mindsets though way different and you know it's just it's it's crazy because when you think about it your mind sometimes gets polluted and and he talks basically that whole big boy interview was about how people are brainwashed yeah it's like i care about foreigns i care about the you know social media i care about what other people say i care about like how about just care about you being an individual and what you care about, <laughs> you know, like what you personally like for real, you know, like if you like something that not everyone likes, but you like it, that okay, that's cool. Um, if just because everyone is is moving a certain a certain direction doesn't mean that you should just move in that direction unquestioned, you know, like right. or you know, like all right, well, fuck it, well everyone's doing it, so let, might as well, and um. He even talked about that with when it came to politics. Like, listen, if I feel I believe in something, I'm not telling anyone not to be a Democrat. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I have my thoughts, and, like, you can't tell me what to think. And then he even said, you telling me that I should have a mode of thought because I'm black is actually pretty racist if you think about it. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and it is. It's like individualism is where it's at and how it should be. And, and I think that not everyone could see those things the way he's seeing them and then that's but why it, people individualism is scary though like individualism, and and for the most part we have been which is another crazy thing the word i'm about to use he used on the album and i was very impressed because he wholeheartedly knew what it, it was the indoctrination Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh. I, I, was, I was like okay kanye you did that <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, no, but, but, um, we are indoctrinated with all types of things and culturally a huge indoctrination is like when somebody displays individualism, like, oh, I mean, you, you could see it with the simplest things. I, and I, I've brought this example up before is this like. If you get a group of motherfuckers that are like some street urban motherfuckers and you get one of them that's like, oh, yeah, man, last night, what were y'all on last night? Oh, man, I was fucking bitches. Oh, man, I was playing the game. Oh, man, I was watching the game. Oh, man, this and that. Oh, man, my bitch, man, she was making me mad, this and that. And then you got one more for it. So all of that shit is cool. Like, and it's really like whatever type shit. And then you got one motherfucker that was like, oh, yeah, I was reading. 
And like they'll clown him. They'll clown him. The yeah. one that was reading. Oh, you a reading man? What the fuck? That's indoctrination right there. Like you motherfuckers yeah. have been indoctrinated where learning and knowledge is not cool. The powers that be are winning because if you look at one thing that that's very evident about communism is they don't like the idea of individuality. Like individuality is no good for them because mm-hmm. the individual can do great things. Like that's why they don't like fuck with stories about like Jesus Christ or any really religious figure or spiritual figure, because these are individuals that operated in a certain mode that created a a higher, a higher level of being. They they, own an individual. Huh? You can't own an individual. Exactly. And like they transcended the status quo. That's, What's so interesting about the album is that he is very much putting on display his individuality. Yeah. I mean, not to say he wasn't very much doing it before, but just to 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 enforce it in case you motherfuckers forgot. Yeah. And it was interesting because even the, I don't know if you saw that uh, clip that was circulating around the Internet about him having an issue with uh, something that Kim Kardashian was going to wear. No, I didn't see that. Did it recently? Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. Um, it was before the Met Gala, and he was like, he he pretty much like had an objection to something that she was gonna wear. I don't know if she ended what she wore at the Met Gala was what he had an objection to, or like what, or if she altered it or whatever the case. Yeah. But he pretty much said, he's like, "You're my wife." He's like, I don't, I don't want to like misquote him. It wasn't, he didn't say, I don't like you wearing stuff like that. He's like, but when I, when you wear stuff like that and like, I have to see these pictures. He's like, it hurts my soul. Like it was a very um, real moment. He was yeah. like, and, and so like, it was spinning all over the internet and people had a problem with it. Oh, he's being controlling this and that. But, but then she sort of responded is like, I get like, you're in a certain spiritual place, but I'm not there. And like it was, it was a decent, like it was a civilized back and forth. But he pretty much got up and left. He's like, "All right, like, like, like I'll holler at you later," like type shit. Yeah. But even that is 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 different because in even in that clip, he says how he talks about how he was the rapper that like he wanted everybody to see his girl. Like, oh look, this is my girl. This is my girl. This is my girl. But now he's his like mindset is a, like a more wholesome mindset and. Yeah. And and even that is a is a, a true form of individuality because it is a culture where like all these rappers are like oh yeah look at my bitch look at my girl like look at her look at her you know what I'm saying it's all yeah. about putting your girl on display where he's sort of he wants to step away from that and not to mention that when you're a business person or political either or. Whether you like it or not, there is a reputation. Like there, like reputations mean a lot. Yeah. And I can't help but think that also has something to do with it as well. You know what I'm saying? The the whole reputation aspect of it. It's like, well, you know, I'm in a different stratosphere business wise, and it's just like there's we gotta operate differently. Most definitely. And I feel that 
that it's very important to have these conversations with your wife. And 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 when you finish what you're gonna say, I'm gonna ask you a question. Sure. And and but but a lot of the stuff too is is once you're you're in a relationship, once you have a family, even before. I mean, because I, I feel it takes two just to have a family, really, like the husband and and the wife. But you know, you have the kids or whatever. Um, there's a lot of things that 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 are not seen, but felt in a relationship that that mean a lot more than oh she looks she's the best looking girl here or oh i want her to look the sexiest ever like i mean it's it's very important to understand that surface level stuff is just surface level stuff and we all will get old and 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 beauty does not last so your worth is very important and 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 i, and I mean more more so on a on a emotional level, like it, it has to mean more, you know. It's got to think of it like a wedding ring, you know. Like if it's fifty dollars, if it's a thousand dollars, like a wedding ring is not like something that you could sell. Like someone was, oh hey, I want, I'll pay you fifty for that. Well, no, I'm not gonna sell you my wedding ring. This means a lot more than whatever the the price tag was, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that that's kind of what a relationship is, you know, like between a man and a, and a woman. It's, it's more than that. Like a real relationship, not none of this superficial. Oh yeah. Look, I'm, I'm with this bitch. Oh, she looks so good. Oh, she's so thick. Like, yeah, okay. Okay. But what's her character though? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so I, I completely understand where he's coming from saying something like that because, because it, there's a level that you hit that is just like, well, I mean, looks aren't everything, you know? Yeah. I feel the older you get, the more you feel like that. Like, this is, this is more. Um, the younger you are, the more you care about fashion, the more you care about maybe somewhat fitting in. Even if you don't care about fitting in, there's still somewhat of a, of, of, of a, I guess, something pulling you to, to kind of, in a way, have, have, have your way of fitting in. Whether it's like, oh, shoes or all oh, clothes or all oh, this girl or the certain people. There's always something. Um, shit, even, even for us, like, like we really didn't care too much about what, you know, what vocabulary people were using in high school or how they dress or what they listened to. We were kind of very much individuals Yeah. Um, when we were young. But even then, it's like there's still... There's still that sense of like, okay, cool, girls. Damn, damn, this girl looks good. But I, I don't know if that was for us an attempt to fit in. I think like every boy at that age, like that's kind of... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't really... I don't know if I would say that we ever really wanted or attempted or tried to fit in. I think the things that we did have in common with a lot of people would just so happen to be... Not because we were intentionally trying to fit in, but because we just so happen to like those things like sports or or whatever the case. But there are some people that operate in a mode where it is specifically and solely to fit in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we that was never us. But there was still uh, something about when we were young that's a little bit different now as you get older. Like there's things that we're just not going to care about. Yeah. I I think what you're, what you're talking about is like you're, when you're younger, 
you're more uncertain about not fitting in. So yeah, exactly. You're you're kind of um in the in the pool of not fitting in, you might have like your toe dipped in or your leg dipped in, but like as opposed to as you get older, shit, you're you're doing fucking you're 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 doing uh you're doing laps in that pool. You well, know what I'm you- saying? You're it's it's you're more comfortable in there. Uncertainty, actually, that's very that's very good if you because like that's that's a perfect word because one thing you're not ever something that alleviates uncertainty is faith. Yeah, and and that's that's I guess if you start looking at like the deeper level of this shit, that's where once you have faith, like you could conquer anything. Right, and 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 the older you get. Well, depending on who you are and how you operate, but in in like the realm of the things and the people that we're talking about, when you have your faith rewarded time and time again, well, you feel pretty okay with that pool of uncertainty because being canceled exactly where he's and he talks about that also like he's like I've been canceled before cancel culture like was even a thing yeah but you know, his faith carried him through it. And, and that's the thing. It's just like before, yeah, sure. You know, my first building. Yeah. Very uncertain now. Not so, not so uncertain. I mean, obviously like I never operate like arrogant and like, Oh, I got this shit. Like, no, I never operate like that, but it's a very different mindset than like when like first started. Yeah. Because the faith has been rewarded. So it says, okay, well, you know. Get through it. So, so yeah, 100%. I, I, I think that was, a, that was a good uh, connection that you made. Um, you were going to ask me a question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll move on to the next segment. How much does a wife's girlfriend significant other reputation how much should their reputation affect you so your business so let's just use Kanye West since we were on the subject of Kanye West how much should Kim Kardashian's reputation affect him in the position that he's currently in and why Obviously, um, how much should it affect him in in how he, you're saying how he feels about it? How much? How yeah? How much? How much should it it, it should affect he care him? about it? How should he care about it? Um, I think well, obviously they're married, so he should care about it. There's a certain mode that you should move because you, I mean, look at it from different perspectives. If you were an Olympian track and runner, like, wouldn't you want to be on the same page as the person, like, you know, like when, when they're running and they have to pass that little baton, wouldn't you want to be on the same page as that person? I mean, if you want to win, right? So yes. Or, uh, if, if I were to tell you what NFL team would you want to be in? I I would, I would say probably the new, (laughs) new England Patriots. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have seen this man's face. Just, There's so much pride. Yes. <laughs> um, but I mean, why though? 
because it's like it's like it's like everything is glued together. It's so copacetic. You want to be as proud of 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 your wife as as I am of the New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you have to be on the same page, and and so your reputation is very important, in my opinion. Now, obviously, I understand you're an individual and you're going to have your thoughts, but there's still like like what he was talking about when when he was uh, saying that it hurts his soul when she dresses his way he should say that he should he he should say that and and then she should if she ever has a problem with anything that he's done or says you know like she should definitely tell him too yeah and i feel like with that type of openness and honesty um that's how you're able to stay together for a very long time uh or forever i mean just by by constantly having that uh form of communication but uh yeah that's definitely i think that's very important i think someone's reputation i mean you live or die by your reputation right like yeah um that's probably the most important important thing the way you like if you think about like what parents are to a child they're 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 their teachers right so to a child your reputation is well. Damn, he could be stern. He could be nice. He could be caring. So you have a reputation with your child, and based off of that reputation, they're gonna look at you for answers or not, because you might have a shitty reputation mm. or a good reputation. It's so interesting. It, it's, I mean, the reputation is very important for relationships. Like, like, what type of relationship do you want with 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 anyone really? Like, um. Let me give you an example. Another one. Um, I, I had dinner. We went to Luminati's. It was my parents, me and my wife. And and we were talking about like like borrowing money. And I was like, there's certain people that you're going to let borrow money like the instant that they ask. You, they might not even finish a sentence. You already wired them the money. I was like, you're one of them. You know, K-Cartoon is another you know, my wife, my mom, like you guys are very responsible people. Your reputation supersedes you, you know, like, yeah. um, I might have all the love in the world for you, but if you had a bad reputation when it came to money, I'm sorry. Yeah. I rock with it. You know, I'm not gonna, I, and, and that, this has nothing to do with how I feel about you, but everything to like, like as, as a family member, but everything, uh, to do with your reputation when it comes to this, like you, you you're fucked up in these streets you know like so i can't i can't mess with you so you're gonna have to take that l and and when you when i can see that i I have faith in you when it comes to this type of stuff well then then we could talk and that's that's with anything and and so yeah i I feel that that's very important yeah i rock with it moving on the witch oh god Low-key movie. When did that movie come out? 2015, I want to say. Maybe. About. Let's look it up. The Witch. Man. I really enjoyed that movie. But I will warn people because... Yeah, 2015. You got it right on the dot. Um, It's... uh. What do you call those? Like folklore type? Yeah. Movie based on folklore. And if you know anything about those type of 
stories, they're very old. And because they're very old, they had that New England, what was it? Like that, like, like it's, it's old English. Yeah. yeah. Just old English. So, so I, when I first saw the movie, they spoke old English in New England. Yeah. So, so it was, it was, I could understand it, but, but also we're rappers. <laughs> so I think we were, our ears are trained. Yeah. A lot differently than a lot of people's. Yeah ears because like we listen to all types of rappers you know it's interesting you say that because we're i don't know how it is for you but i'm able to like hear through people that have thick accents i'm able to like understand people are like what the fuck did he say what's he saying i'm like yeah he said this this and that but i i do think what you're saying is key because every motherfucker that i know raps like doesn't have a hard time with that shit like i never heard like dc not understand a motherfucker like you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. do think you might be onto something with like a trained ear. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what it is because like, think about it. We listen to rappers rap fast, slow, different accents, South, New York, LA, different slang. So I think we're already, and then we're, we're, we're of Latin descent. Yeah. So even like on a cultural, on a, on a, or on a race or, 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 or uh, you know, Chicago level, where we come from it's just different different type of english here in gage park as you would hear downtown in the middle of the fucking you know business uh what, what do they call that the the business district or yeah. it's, it's it's so i think we were primed for this but nonetheless i saw that movie with family and they had a hard time keeping up i didn't did you guys have the the subtitles going no, because we actually went to the th- theaters to watch it. See, oh, you're saying when it first came out? Yeah, yeah. When, when it, first... it first came out, I saw it at the show too. I'm talking about when I saw it recently. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely put the subtitles just because, like, and I love subtitles in general. Any movie because I there's things you're gonna miss, you know. Any movie that you watch, so sometimes at that point it, it becomes more so like efficiently breaking down a movie. In a way that you aren't going to be able to uh, on the first watch. Just like we weren't able to break down Jesus is King on the first listen. Like, you're going to have to kind of let, let it process. So, uh, great movie. When it comes to horror, fucking A+. Plus. Um, Direction-wise, there were certain things that I felt could have been, been done better. And this was after multiple watches. Uh, and uh, okay, so it's an old movie. So could we? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the spoiler-free grace period has passed. I would say. All right, you had pointed out something that I didn't even see, the first watch. So the first watch, um, I saw like when when she goes into that room and and the devil, the devil talks. I heard the devil, and then I saw, like, a black glove. And I thought that was, like, a very nice accent. Like, maybe something something black, but very obscure. Yeah. But upon what you said and then me rewatching it, you could tell that dude had a face. Uh, Like a... A hat. A goatee. Yeah. And then even, like, he transformed from, from, from the sheep. The goat. Oh, the goat to, to, to a person. I don't know if you saw that. In the shadow? Yeah. Yeah. 
which I felt like you should probably like. Yeah, I didn't. That's that was my biggest gripe with the movie is that Lucifer, the, the devil, if you will, was was this shown. It's so much scarier when it, you just you never know what it is. Like it was scary as fuck. Hearing like, like how yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like how wild would it was it like when you heard the voice, you heard Black Philip, like, you damn. heard Black Philip talking, but you don't see. Imagine how campy would it have been if they showed a shot of Black Philip actually like moving his mouth and you see the words come out. <laughs> it would have been like ah, oh, like you Stop. just ruined it. Yeah, some things are left better unseen in the realm of horror movies. It's it it, it leaves more to the imagination because the imagination does a lot of crazy things, and how you know the imagination does crazy things yeah. is when think about us who like we have shot our music videos before. And shot, you know, sketches and everything like that. When you're on set and how things are going down on set, it never looks as like great as it looks when it's on, like when you're watching like the finished product. Oh no! It's it's like Not a very all. like it it all looks and feels very very manufactured in the moment. Yes. And then when you actually see the finished thing, and imagine that for a scary movie. It, when those people are filming and you have all those people around, none of that shit is scary in the moment. They're probably no. laughing. Like when you see the witch like running through the woods with the little baby and all of that, these motherfuckers are probably back there like dying laughing. <laughs> but then, yes. but then when you see the finished product, oh, that shit is it's fuck. like, whoa, Oof. that's what imagination does. Imagination can carry something from being stupid or funny to being like, damn, that shit's creepy. Imagination yeah. does that. And so as a horror director, you have to understand that imagination does go a long way and leave more to the imagination. So I did feel like that was the biggest mistake of the movie, especially like in such a climactic part. Yeah, it it was it it, that could have been done better. Would you have been okay with like the black glove and that's it? I know because I think that would have bred more questions like just I'm fine with. Black Phillip speaking. Yeah. What I would have what would what would have worked for me is is she asked Black Phillip the questions, you hear him respond after she makes the covenant like cuz cuz really you never see the inside of the barn so like the book could have just appeared there. I'm I'm not saying it just poof and appear. I'm saying leave it to the imagination like damn was this book there the whole time? Yeah. Shit, did this family have the book the whole time or was did it just appear like leave it to that after she essentially like sells her soul and signs the book yeah then maybe give one more very menacing shot of black phillips face with some crazy ass music because if you look at that go and and me that was and, a scary ass yeah even me, the commercial the and trailer. me me and, and 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 one of our friends that we were talking about the the movie with yeah. I was like, how scary and how well directed was that where they were able to like capture those images of Black Phillip? And like that goat was so wild because like if you look at it, he looks innocent, but at the same time the motherfucker looks like he knows what's going on. 
Yeah. Like it's kind of, it's such a crazy thing that they did, and I I really liked it. And then it was funny because as as talking to to one of our guys about that, and somebody else like, man, that goat was a good actor. I'm like, low key, it was. The goat was a good ass actor. Like, <laughs> Hell no, it was. Though. I was like, yeah, like like that, won a Grammy. Like that low low key, yeah. That that ghost that that goat should have been Oscar nominated. So and the award goat, for uh, for best. <laughs> <laughs> for best supporting actor uh here are the nominees leonardo dicaprio Django unchained heath ledger uh the dark knight samuel l jackson pulp fiction <laughs> billy goat <coughs> and i mean black philip and the witch and the award goes to Oh my God! This is a, this is gonna be big. Black Phillip, <laughs> he just comes galloping on stage, fucking all crazy with the fucking horns and shit. So, I fucks with that type of fucking, you know, alternate reality. That sort of reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they did that good. The home and and that's what I'm saying. If the home movie, this was your recipe. You kind of just threw it off at the end yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'll give them this. They, they didn't go off the reservation with it because they still kept them obscure but it does take away yeah right it, it uh it, it took away from it yeah they could have went like real crazy with it yeah. you know what i'm saying like shown like him like lucifer as the demon or like all yeah. kind of like dumb shit <laughs> yeah that would have been like well whatever because everything was done real well like the and 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 i mean obscurity in horror movies is your best friend you don't really ever want to get a full image of the killer. You don't ever want to get a clear image of the witch. And if you think about it, the only clear image you ever get of the witch is when she's like, looks all seductive to the little boy. Yeah. But that's because that's not even her true form. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you get a clear image of her, but that's done with the intention to deceive the boy. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise you never get a clear image of the witch. And, and and uh one thing that that our that our guy was talking about um and I, and I I thought it was a very good point and something that I I looked at and I was always like this guy's pathetic was like in a way they left cuz the movie they, they're they're uh they're in a village they're in a what do you call those a settlement yeah exactly a settlement um and dude says, well, you guys aren't preaching the word of the Lord in the manner that I believe. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out. out. Yeah. Uh, or or do they? No, actually, they. it's kind of in the middle. He's, yeah. I'm out. Oh, all right. Well, you guys aren't welcome here anymore. So now it's up to, to the father, who it's the father, the mother, the daughter, a son, and then uh, two twins, which one is a boy and one is a girl. Yeah. Uh, and and it, <clears throat> the daughter's the oldest. The middle child is is the the son, and then the little twins, they're the they're the youngest. And uh, throughout the movie, you see that these very religious people are making grave mistakes in the sense of like the way that they believe and 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 kind of like their faith. For example, one thing that we talked about was the father's pride. Yeah. You know, the the Bible goes over that, you know, pride and, and, and things like that. And and his pride is really what kind of brought them downhill. 
Yeah. Dude couldn't farm. Couldn't hunt. Couldn't hunt. Like, you can't. So, so what were you thinking when you said that to these motherfuckers before you left? Like, see, because I would have been super confident. If I could hunt, if I could farm, I'm decent. But if I can't, well, at that point, when am I going to set my pride aside and be like, well, listen, we'll have to agree to disagree, but we could survive here, right? All right. So, so how that, that, that theme coming from the father was kind of like what ended it all but then how the mother was was kind of resentful yeah you know how I, the kid had like the lust like you know as, as a as a child you have that at and that he, age yeah. yeah and like there you know there was no other girls around so like he's yeah. looking at his sister and it's not like he's undressing her with his eyes or anything but he's like damn like she's developing you know like yeah. he's noticing that and and obviously you see that but it's what's funny is, or what's interesting rather, is the children, Caleb and Thomason, which Thomason is the girl, the older girl, yeah. and Caleb is, is the boy. Yeah. Them too, they really pay for the sins of everybody around them because the little two, like, if you think about it, the dad, the pride. Yeah. The mom, and, and this is something that our friend pointed out to us, and like I never caught it like in, in, in the times that I've watched the movie until he pointed it out. He was like, how wild was that when the mom was oh, talking yeah. about Christ and like like pretty much like getting busy with Christ, like in her dream. Like yeah. he, she's like, she's like, uh, oh, he, it was a, a ravenous love. Like pretty much like you, like you wanted Christ to rod you out. Yeah. Bitch. That's not what Jesus' king was about. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh man. Jesus is king of this ass, daddy. <laughs> no, she's been listening to not Jesus is king, Jesus is daddy. <laughs> Obviously. So anyway. She was listening to the same shit we were. So, so, so. And she talks about that, and like when she says that shit to her husband, he's looking at her like, "Damn, you dirty ass bitch!" <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? But what's wild about that? But she said it to get that reaction. That's what was like the like that scorn. There was definitely way of scorn in there. But what's interesting is that when Caleb dies, if you notice, he was having like a very euphoric death, like almost as if. He was like having an orgasm. Yeah. I, and and I it was almost like weird. he was channeling like what the shit that the mom was on. Cause he was talking about Christ. He's like, it's like Christ and all your glory, this and that. And it's just like, yeah, if, if you look at it, like he paid, it was like a karma. He paid type. for the sins of the mother. Yeah. Essentially. And then. Thomason essentially paid for the sins of the family at the end because think about it what creates wayward teenage girls that essentially I'm using air quotations sell their soul to the devil it's a broken family home it's a broken family life yeah it's it's like the not the like not having the approval from the mom dude used his daughter as a pawn he used his daughter as a pawn the whole time he was the one that had like knew what the what the what happened to the mom's cup and he and he's seen his daughter getting blamed for it and he's yeah. just like cowering off in the corner. Yeah. So at the end, it's like, yeah, 
I'm giving my like yeah like Black Philip, what you got to offer me? Because these motherfuckers that were so religious, yeah, look, this is how they got down. This, this and, is what and, happened. And, to and a how family. reminiscent is that of family lives and broken homes, where the girl is fucking 15, 16, 17 years old, and oh yeah, you know what? Fuck, fuck this family. I'm gonna be kicking it with these game bangers, get rotted out, and get pregnant, and fucking, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or yeah. jump on the back of this guy's motorcycle, and we're going to Hollywood, or like. And it, in essence, it, it's so many of like the social ills that happen today. Yeah. And then to add to that, the two little ones, oh, the babies can do no wrong. If you listen to what those two fucking demon children are saying from the get go, yeah. they're saying some wild shit that everybody is just disregarding except Thomason, the older. She's like pretty much telling her parents. He's like, little, look at them. Like, yeah. there's, there's something. Like, these kids, they're, they're, they're effed up. Like, yeah. And the parents always like, leave them alone. Yeah, let them be. Let them be. They have, they have, they have not made covenant with that accursed beast, Black <laughs> Philip. <laughs> God, <laughs> but, but this is the greatest analysis <laughs> to a movie we've given thus far. <laughs> and so, what's so crazy about it is they're saying, "Wow, that shit, Black Philip, Black Philip, the crown is on his head." Black Phillip, like honestly, on, on some real shit, if I had kids and I heard like we, let's say we had a family dog named Black Phillip, yeah, and they're saying that the dog has a crown on his head and like he's commanding things and all that, yeah. I would honestly I'll check shoot that dog dead. I, I wouldn't shoot the dog, but I would check the kids. Like, what the fuck are y'all talking about right yeah. now? Like, why are you calling? Why are you saying he has a crown? This and that. And if I gauge that, like it's just child's play, well then I'll leave it be. But if they, if those parents would have really given some time and dedication to look at to what them <coughs> two little demon children were on, because them kids were demons. Yeah. Like even even when Caleb was dying, like how they they acted, yeah. how they were acting like they were sick too, just to like get the girl in trouble. It reminded me of uh, of these kids that we grew up with. Um, that that my parents my my parents were real good friends with like the that that kid's parents and when we would go this kid was like astray and and like and like dude was pretty much like fucking up like the kid actually all the kids were fucking up and like the parents it's like they turned a blind eye yeah a lot that. of a lot of a lot of parents do that and 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 uh especially in today's day and age the in in the age of of like friend parenting like i'm not your pr i'm not your mom i'm your friend yeah and it's it's horrible and it's like i'm not your dad i'm your friend like have oh, you God. seen that shit like, like in the stores no shit, yeah. in the stores like yeah. now we talked about this this and that like and like the kid is acting like a fucking beast yeah and, and that's and, and 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 that's a perfect segue to this the outcome of them as opposed to us was the the youngest boy was shot and killed uh for for some gangbanging shit the younger daughter uh, she was she was young so i'm not sure what what ended up happening but she was kind of going the wrong route the the son was in, into gangbanging shit to the older the oldest son so he had to move to to mexico cuz he was running from the law and then the the daughter ended up marrying some like gangbanger ass dude, but then left him because she wanted she would like fell for some other gangbanging dude, and it's like the whole their whole family is fucked up. So like how romantic? Oh yeah, right. And, and it's like whoa, 
This is what happens when when you let motherfuckers when you, when you let your kids make covenant with the cursed beast Black Philip. That's what happens. <laughs> exactly, and that that was kind of I feel like a reflection of of see, and then that's what's beautiful about these tales because like it's like all these like folklore or all these like uh, songs like uh, London Bridge is falling down, for example. It's 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 kind of meant. It's it's a song, and you remember it, but you remember it because well. The song is about the bubonic plague, and and something like 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 this, which is the witch and and about witches. You see it, and it's a nice, it's a good horror movie, dark. But like the themes behind it is yeah. what's being passed along, and it's crazy because that was fucking motherfuckers were talking old English, yeah. And this could relate to twenty nineteen, exactly. And also, what's so cool about that movie is because it takes place. They ne- they don't really reference the Salem witch trials, but you you know that it's taking it's obviously taking place in the area where the Salem witch trials took place, and, and era, huh, and in the era exactly. And I've done I've done a, a good deal of research on the Salem witch trials. It's something that like when I was younger, like my mom kind of got me into because. It was something that, like, it re- she really made me rack my brain because you could kind of tell a lot about a kid if you, if, you know, when they're, when they're of age, what they think of the Salem Witch Trials because do they think more, like, imaginative and spiritual where they thought that these women were really witches or the kind of modern day narrative where people were just very extreme religious people and they were doing like extreme religious crazy shit you you kind of like force yourself to pick a route when it comes to that and what i like about this movie is that it sort of flirts with the idea of well what if this witch shit there was something to it you know what i'm saying yeah but what what if if there wasn't because it does give you that at times it makes you feel like it's the witch but then at times it's like, well, these motherfuckers paying for their sins? Right, exactly. So I and I like how it does that also. Yeah. So that that's probably that that's pretty badass. Um and that's one of the reasons why I really like the movie. On top of the fact that the production value is great, the music is great. It's a it's a very technically good movie. And it's definitely like one of my top scary movies. Like I said, my biggest issue with the movie is in in yeah. that one part. And that one part means so much because it was during the climax of the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why it means so much. Like if that mistake was made any other time, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But it's just like this is the moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for example, if it's somewhere in the middle of the film it alluded to like a black figure going into the into the stable where the where the where the goat was and then they go but you couldn't tell that it was a person it's like the way they directed it, it you could maybe see like a dark figure going in and then you went and you saw the goat it's like it would maybe fuck with your mind but it's like okay what's well, not the climax of it yeah but at the end it's like yeah like sometimes some things are just better but, well, I mean, the, and, and, the greatest these moments. And, and it's so wild because, like, the recipe was so perfect throughout the movie. Even up to that point when Thomason comes out of the house and she's going to the little barn area where where where, where Black Philip lay. 
<laughs> Black Phillip, if you notice in that scene, it's a it's a wide angle shot. But if you notice as she's walking towards the barn with the lantern, Black Phillip is just there standing waiting for her. And it's so creepy because he he's just paused, he looks at her, and then like the way he turns his body, he goes into the barn. And it's almost it's so crazy, like what mannerisms and like what movements can do. Yeah. Because the way he moves, it's almost like, yeah, follow me. Like Yeah, yep. It, that and, was a very and, creepy scene. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like like why this gold is fucking with me. Like this gold, like <laughs> <laughs> that's what it, I don't fucking trust this like fucking that, goat. Some to some to that fucking goat. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Uh, and so and, and so yeah it's it's uh it's crazy and see and and to me that's that's uh what was so great about that movie is it's within the realm of realism and 100%. so that's where the horror comes from that's yeah. where see because i okay there's just movies that are gory there's blood everywhere you're getting chased and that's fine if that's your cup of tea but there's some about this had it had blood in it but it wasn't it wasn't gory. It, it was more so like the the fear of the unknown. And, and I like movies where whatever the entity is, you can't one off it. Cause I hate it. I hate it when I when you watch scary movies and motherfuckers be like, "Man, I would have blasted that motherfucker." I man, yeah. oh man, motherfucker come to me, I'll whoop his ass. This and that. I motherfucker, whatever. Like you see, Michael Myers, you're gonna do all that. Well, okay, but whatever, <laughs> I'll give you that. But what you gonna do when Black Phillips around? And yeah. You don't even know what's going on and yeah. how. You don't even know that this goat is the one like doing all this shit. Like yeah. There's nothing you could do. What you gonna do when your children are fucking yelling, Black Phillip, Black Phillip? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that and that's what makes these these movies like so so scary and and like interesting. And if you've ever had moments I don't know if you've ever had like moments where like you've experienced like a haunting almost. Because mm-hmm. I have and like that's exactly what it is, is like not only do you not know what just fucking happened, but you're thinking like, how did it happen? What is this thing that was here? And uh, just the fact that you don't know, and that you're in the same room, is 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 the scary part about it. Yeah, the unknown. <laughs> the unknown is Man. what is what gives you the chills, and that's where a lot of horror directors they where they live or die is in that like how well do they balance that like for instance this is a true story and i think we can end the episode with this some years ago this is true you you i and a bunch of our friends we went to a haunted children's asylum which no longer remains it was knocked down but at the time we encountered what appeared to us to be a dead body now you got to understand, we're urban, inner city kids from the south side. We had no business up north breaking into an abandoned children's asylum. So when we see what appears to be a body, naturally, we get the fuck out of Dodge. Because like we ain't messing with it. We ain't playing around nothing. And we ain't calling no cops. Right, because that's not, like, that's not, like, how, we, that's not how we grew up. But... 
after some time passed and our conscience got the best of us and we were the hell out of there, we're like, you know what? We owe it to whoever that is and and society or whatever to like go back and kind of like do our due diligence because what if it is a body? What if it is somebody's son or daughter or whatever the case? So we're not going to be dumb about it though. We're going to get a camcorder and we're going to document the whole thing so that in the event anything that we get blamed or anything, we have this, you know, documentation to be like, all right, well, this is why we did what what we did and why we were there. We were here previously and why we came back is for this reason. So when we go back, a few very eerie things transpire. One had snowed. It had snowed. It had snowed in the time between the the, the time that we left there and, and then the time that we got there. We, we, we returned. It had snowed. So mind you, we are very strategic and stealthy guys because this was not our first rodeo doing stuff like this. So we were very mindful of covering our tracks and very mindful of paying attention to any other tracks that were in the snow because we were prepared to encounter a dead body. So we would want to know if there were people there or not, because this is like an abandoned facility. There's nobody around, no access to roads or anything like that. We go in, no tracks other than the ones that we create, and we're all following the same track. So Mm -hmm. it's like, one in back of the other so that we can only create one track. That way, if there any other track is created, it would instantly stand out. We get there. We make it all the way around to the back where we initially encountered what we thought was a body. We get there, gone. The thing, the body, whatever, it's not there anymore. So, well, all right. Well, let's get out of here. As we leave... We get to a playground area, like where there's swings and a slide and everything like that. And just in that area that we had previously passed and there were no tracks, there were little kid footmarks in the snow. This is not a lie. (laughs) I actually have the tape to prove it. And furthermore, when we leave the facility and we actually review the tape, we see that there is a figure on the second floor of the facility just watching, lurking at us. We don't know what it is, who it is, why they're there, but they're just there and they're still and they're they're peeping us. Now, what's crazy about that and like the reason I even got into that story is because imagine that figure whom to this day we still don't know who or what it was. Yeah. Reveal themselves to be like some drunky, uh, some a junky homeless guy shooting up. Yeah. It takes away a lot of the 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 the, 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 the mystery and the the creepiness of it. Is ah man, this is a fucking junkie. Should, this this ain't Black Philip, right? But because you don't know what it is, is what makes it creepy. So that's what I'm saying with like film directors. Yeah, you have to understand that level of the unknown. Yeah, exactly. and I think we'll leave it there. You guys have a happy and safe Halloween. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep listening. Share us. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google. We're on Apple. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging With Apes. We're out.
Peace. Peace.